You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 44. This week's topic, technology and human trafficking. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And if you are joining us for the first time, we're so glad to have you as a listener to the show. And we are going to be tackling a topic today that Sandy is becoming a bigger and bigger challenge, but also an opportunity for us to end human trafficking. And it's also going to be the topic of the upcoming conference for the Global Center for Women and Justice this March. And so it's an important and timely topic for us to be looking at uh, for a whole lot of reasons. Well, I think um, you're right on there. Our conference title is Cyber Exploitation, and we're talking about prevention, protection, and demand reduction. And when we think of what that word cyber exploitation means, it's it's a really big umbrella for a lot of things. But the bottom line is we need to understand what happens in cyberspace, what's happening on the internet highway. And we think about these metaphors and consider Um, looking at what we know happens on the highway. And a highway is a good thing. It's how you and I get to work. Mm -hmm. It's also how criminals um, conduct some of their activities. And so in the same way, cyber exploitation, it's it's a a method of communication. It's a method of delivery. It's um, uh, a place where ideas are exchanged and ideas are shaped. And so the impact on our community, both on our children, on our adults, on our businesses, on our policies, all of those are are somehow now connected to cyberspace. And cyber exploitation is a challenge we need to be better informed about. This is a great analogy, Sandy, and something that's been really helpful for me as I've thought about this, because I think the... Uh, sometimes people go to either one of two extremes. Either they'll say, well, there's nothing we can do to control what's going on on the internet, or they'll try to do the opposite where they'll shut down access to the internet in their house or with their children and won't, uh, you know, allow, you know, engagement with the internet at all. But really both of those things are in many ways, um, not the way to go around this. It's, it's really trying to find that, that responsible use, uh, you know, being able to not only regulate yourself, but regulate the people around you, particularly small children, on how they're using the internet. And I love that analogy of the highway because we can't shut down our highways oh my in goodness. this country. Um, and I think I'm thinking actually about our last episode with Kendis Paris of, you know, right. um, you know, there certainly there are bad things that happen on America's highways, but it's also amazing, wonderful things that happen too. We wouldn't shut down the whole interstate system just because there's a crime somewhere that happens on a highway. Same thing with the internet is it's so much a present part of all of our lives. So rather than trying to pretend it's not there or to stay away from the internet entirely, how do we responsibly utilize the internet and how do we responsibly 
um, look for ways that we can address challenges that will help us to end human trafficking. Well, and and let's stay with that analogy for a minute, because one of the ways that we keep our highways safe is we police our highways. Mm. We make sure that there are laws that everybody's following, and they may differ a little bit between California and Nevada and Arizona and North Carolina. Sure. But for the most part, we're we're concerned about the safety of those around us. And so policing becomes uh, a significant new approach to uh, addressing human trafficking on, on the internet in cyberspace. And the internet is part of cyberspace. I want us to also think about mobile technology uh, that rides around in our cars, in our pockets, with even really low-end cell phones have a lot of cyber connections. Mm. People are able to check their Facebook messages almost instantaneously standing in line for um, uh, picking up food or coffee or something. They're checking their Facebook or some other social um, networking site. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, recently I talked about being at the California Attorney General's um, Leadership Symposium on Human Trafficking. Right, yeah. And the majority of the people in the room are part of our criminal justice system, law enforcement. And one of the most um, significant um, workshops that uh, came out of that one-day symposium was offered by the USC Annenberg Center on Communication, Leadership, and Policy. Mm. And they released their new research series on technology and human trafficking and the rise of mobile and the diffusion of technology-facilitated trafficking. Mm. That's a really big title. Yeah, But the, um, the ideas that they presented at this engaged me because I've been thinking about this. It's one of the reasons we designed our um, Ensure Justice 2013 around the idea of cyber exploitation Mm -hmm. and how are we going to prevent um, tragedies? How are we going to protect people, children and adults alike from um, tragedies? And how are we going to... Uh, reduce demand when people are using this in ways that engage um, a market that creates something really, really uh, dangerous for someone else. Uh, We don't allow people to bring trucks of heroin onto our highways. We will stop them, confiscate the goods, and put them in prison. How do we develop those same kinds of modalities in in a place where you can't even physically see it, um, this is the challenge. So mm. I wanted us to look at this uh, at our conference, and we have some great people who have already been out there in front on this. Ernie Allen from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and they the NICMEC is what it's uh, traditionally called, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Mm, okay, is is referenced in the. Um, in this report, and he's our keynote speaker. Oh, great. We'll also have uh, Dr. Laura Letter, who's been doing some amazing work on the connection between gangs and human trafficking. And past guest on this podcast oh, as well, yes, too. Oh, yes, yes. And, and one of the things that uh, 
we became very uh, committed to is community engagement between the nonprofit sector, the faith sector, and law enforcement. We keep seeing that how law enforcement responds to this is key. It's the same thing as our highways. If we don't have strong policing that we understand and that's consistent, how are we going to make our highways safe? Mm. And so as a part of our Ensure Justice 2013, we're going to have a one-day track just for law enforcement officers. And Oh, I did see that. Yes. Yeah, so that's I'm exciting. very excited to be able to give back to our community and bring um, law enforcement and our community together at Vanguard University. So... I can imagine, Sandy, that when we're talking about cyber exploitation, I mean, this is something that I would think if we had had this topic five or 10 years ago, it might have been a single workshop in a conference. Now we could spend years on this topic, Um, literally. I mean, it's so broad. So when you're in dialogue with people around this, how do you, where do you even start the conversation? Because it's just, it's so pervasive. I mean, I'm just looking around the studio here and the amount of screens you and I are looking at right Uh, now uh, between iPads, iPhones, the studio computer here. I mean, we're so, I mean, you, between the two of us, we've got like four or five screens, things that are connected to the internet. It's so pervasive in our lives and our society right now. So where do you start? Well, for me, and you know my my concern for children, I think the place that I start is to make sure my kids are safe. Mm. And that really then creates the the, the boundaries mm-hmm. for, for everybody. Um, I've been a big proponent of the NetSmarts curriculum yes, for safety for kids. I've been a big proponent of creating rules in your home that make sure that your kids know how to responsibly use the internet and cell phones. I, I think one of the areas that I'm really concerned about is the sexting. And now kids in middle school and even in grammar school have cell phones with photo capacity. And the pictures that they take and they see them because their brains aren't done. Go back and listen to that podcast. Their brains are not done. So condemning the kids is not a way to fight sexting. Creating better policing and protection services sure. for our children. That's that's what I really see. I don't want to give up my um, my screens. Right. I, oh, I, me neither. I really love reading the news first thing in the morning and not mm-hmm. having any ink on my fingers it's great yeah um but i want my kids to be safe and right. that means i have to start looking at these issues and and i found some things in the annenberg report okay great great and that, before uh, you mention that i for those who want to know more about that by oh, the way yeah go back and take a listen to podcast episode number 12 of this show so you can find that on itunes or you can go to our website gcwj.vanguard.edu and just look under the resources and podcast tab and you'll find it. Episode 12 was how to keep kids safe online. We go into great detail on all the resources that are out there. And then we did a little bit of a recap on that back on episode 35. So you can also listen there as well too. All right. And if you want to register for cyber exploitation at Ensure Justice 2013, March 8th and 9th, uh, you can go to the same website, gcwj.vanguard.com. Edu. Perfect. All right. So, so let's take a look at this report. Yes. I want to um, help us understand the, um, the context for this report. This was a 
serious effort to try to understand with evidence-based academic research on technology. Um, A tremendous amount of the articles that we've read, the um, news stories that we've seen have been very anecdotal. They've been very much based on our intuition. And sometimes we... um, we're moving in a direction that we feel is right, but we really need to have a lot more data to know if it really is accurate. And in keeping with our, our motto of study the issues, be a voice, make a difference. It's really important for us to delve a little deeper because we don't want to say things that later we are like, Oh man, I probably should have studied that just a little more before Mm. I decided to do this. So, um, the one thing that we do know, according to this report, is that um, there may be, see, and we're not really sure, but yeah. we think we know, there may be more human trafficking victims as a result of technology. Um, but we have not been able to figure out exactly what that looks like. And so this is an understanding of um technological solutions, and we are uh, careful to look for um, potential unintended consequences. I love it that they put this in the report. That's on page 12, if you want to download this report, and we'll put a link to the report. Um, Unintended consequences. As a result, new interventions and policies are being driven by intuition, speculation, and extrapolation from highly publicized incidents. Now, when we talked about um, CSEC, commercial sexual exploitation of children, um, in an earlier podcast, one of the things that we brought up is that many times the statistics that you're hearing um, came out of places that were they were extrapolated from one person's um, intuition, and then they mm. became quoted and quoted and quoted. And so then you see them, I see them in research, quote unquote, papers that my students turn into me. And so then I take them back to the Crimes Against Children report, which we have the link on our our website, that shows where those statistics come from. And when we want to do something that's going to be long lasting, we really have to have evidence-based research and evidence-based practices. Mm. So the... um, the, the, I'm sorry about this. I wanted to look at some um, private sector initiatives that are driving the direction that we're going. Sure, okay. Um, the report cites an article in the Miami Herald that states, truly ending human trafficking is more complicated than shutting down one website. The entire ecosystem from the recruitment to the grooming and the selling almost all done via the internet must be addressed. So it's not a simple one um, front line. We, it's pervasive. It can be part of what we are doing in education, in our community, in our schools. It's part of what we're doing in public health. So law enforcement is the perspective that we're looking to to make our internet highway, our cyberspace safe. But we have to always keep in the background that there are other parts of our community that have to be players in this. I think about the drug war, Sandy, when I think about this as well, too, is that you know there was a belief for a long time that if you cut off certain uh, arteries of the drug war and, and trade mm-hmm. that 
um, and smuggling that that would cut off supply and r- really, you know, as long as there's the demand, people will find a way to get drugs into the country. And I think very similar here with human trafficking and technology is that we might shut down a website or a one source or send someone to jail. But if, as long as the demand is still there, people are going to find another venue pretty quickly uh, to be able to communicate and somewhere get, else, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. And, and it's you know, so easy to set up a website. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, there's so much you can do. Um, I mean, you can have a domain name, have a website up in 15, 20 minutes. Uh, it's, it's just incredible. It's scary. And, yeah. and because of that, um, I look back now, about a year ago, um, I received an invitation to sign a letter um, and it's a very public case, and it's actually identified in this report, if you mm. want to read about it, um, when they shut down the adult section of Craigslist. And oh. I said, oh, yeah, I'll sign this, right. without really thinking through that whole demand issue. And so there are um, points in this report that suggest that that kind of response is very short-sighted. And so my... Um, my concern then is, did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. Was there a better way? Um, one of the one of the law enforcement officers called this um, the whack a mole approach. Mm-hmm. And having not grown up playing that game, but I have discovered everybody else knows what that means. Yeah, we were talking about sir. I can't yeah. believe you never played whack a mole. I know, I never played whack a mole. But but that, no, it's whack a mole. You got to say it all. Oh, I have to one. say it all. Okay, yeah, it's not, let me practice. Yeah, whack a mole. You got it. That's got it. it. Okay. Well, Next shutting time, down. I'm going to take you to Chuck E. Cheese. This shutting down go one site does not. Uh, can we take Luke? Then it'll sure, be more fun. Absolutely, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Shutting down one site does not address the root cause of the problem. And really, that's what we're here for. We want to address the root cause of the problem, which is why our our conference is not just prevention and protection. If we're not addressing demand, just like you said in the drug war, um, we have lessons we can learn from that war that we can apply to this. We have to have demand reduction as well. Well, and I think that this is, thank you for sharing that, Sandy, because I think that this is a real, this is a great example of kind of the real life scenario that in theory, it sounds great. Of course, I'll sign something that says shut down a website that's, you know, facilitating this. Um, But, but it's so, it's really complex. You know, and that's one of the things that I think our our goal here is on this show is to um, help all of us to look at the complexity of all this and not to paralyze us of, yeah. from inaction, but to really think through and really have healthy dialogue around what are the choices that we make and where do we choose to put our limited time and resources to really engage with this issue. And, and more and more, we keep coming back to this, how do we look at prevention? And, you know, and the focus on that. Well, and, and the whole idea of um, my, I, I sign a, a petition and I click that off and it's like, I leave there. I'm okay. I fought human trafficking. Today. Yeah. Oh, you feel good. Yeah. yeah but yeah. We all do. Um, what about the day-to-day stuff where, um, you know, it's like we have a tremendous amount of research now on the public health issues that non-governmental anti-trafficking efforts need need to leverage to assist vulnerable and exploited youth. 
So I'm thinking about orphan care programs, child welfare, our work with the juvenile justice system, juvenile probation, um, how we begin to see uh, law enforcement look at these kids as victims instead of perpetrators, and how are we going to use foster reform as a way of building a safer internet for our kids? We, I've, we've shared stories right here in Orange County of children, little girls, 14, 15 years old, recruited from foster care shelters in other states. Somebody finds them on a social networking site, makes friends with them, tells them they're beautiful, says you could be a model. Here, I'm sending you a bus ticket. And they run away, they get on the bus, and they come here, and then they're sold. Mm right here in Orange County. Right. And how are we going to um, use technology that's being used for evil? How do we use it for good? There's a group here in Orange County that gives cell phones to homeless kids so that they have a way of calling somebody for help um, oh, and getting to a job interview. But at the same time, pimps use the same technology. See, this yeah. is why it's not so easy. Pimps give the girls the first thing they get off the bus. He gives them a cell phone because he wants to know where she is all the time. And nowadays you can track people on cell phone and and know where they are and uh, and and that's really cool technology if it's used the right way for friends and family members but it becomes really I think about that a lot of time whenever I'm using the Bonnie and I have the uh, find my friends app yeah. on our iPhones and we have each other listed as contacts so you know if she's running late or you know heading home for dinner or something I I know where she is she knows where I am when I'm working late and but I think about that for, through the lens of trafficking, as I've thought about many times when I've used that app, and how easy it would be for a pimp to use that to you know, keep tabs on someone. And, and that's absolutely true. And, and it's, the, it's the, um, the marketing system, too. They have regular clients, Johns, customers, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And um, they will send texts and saying where they are. And pimps are very, very versatile, according to this report, when they don't have enough online um, business, um, because they have portable technology and they know where she is all the time, they just take her to the track, put her out on the track, and then when they get a call, they pull her back in. So they can work two different highways at the same time. See, that is it's, it's just an indication of what a big business this is. Sure. And how do we do a better job of um, of fighting that? There are. It always comes down to the money, really, at the end of the day. And uh, you know, we we talked about this, gosh, way back in episode two, Sandy, about how human trafficking is really big business, and that's what drives a lot of this. And and you know, the technology is just the next medium for that to happen. But the economic factors are ever present here. Well, and that brings up a really important. Um, discovery in this report. And this report was out of um, University of Southern California. So mm-hmm. we're looking at Southern California. In the um, range of area codes that they studied and captured information on, the highest number of posts online for commercial sexual exploitation, area code 714. And it wasn't like a close race it was far and above the highest bar on the chart yeah the graph here is pretty stunning how many uh incidents there are in this area code that we're you know 
Vanguard's based here, Sandy. It's it's crazy that which it's, is why we have to be part of the solution. Absolutely. We have to be part of the solution. And so I I want to say beca- before we really move on, sure, sure, that um, businesses are becoming part of the solution. Microsoft and Google and um, several different technology companies. I should have made a list of them. Are are using their resources to develop programs that will um, police and protect, identify um, vulnerable people. And so we we need to learn how we can partner and use the resources that those companies are producing. Yeah, and I think that it's really important to mention here, Sandy, and we've talked about this before too, that to not look at these businesses or websites as enemies because many, if not most of them, do wonderful things in the world. And many of us use these websites and resources for wonderful things. I mean, take Craigslist, for example. I mean, many people use Craigslist for lots of great things, selling things, and it's, it provides a great service in the community. And so it's very easy to demonize the mm-hmm. larger organization that we don't understand. But to remember that, you know, many, many, the vast majority of people who work in these organizations want their website to be used well. They don't want criminal activity happening on their sites. Um, And you you mentioned some of the companies involved, but it's just that it's so complex when you look at all the privacy issues and all of the challenges of regulation and access. It's complicated. That's why it's really important for us to have dialogue about this and engage with websites and community leaders and businesses about how can we work together to address this. And that's actually one of the focuses of this conference coming up that's going to be in March. And so if you ever have been wanting to come to Southern California and you're not already here, here's a great reason to do it. Not only for, um, you know, the, the, all the great reasons for coming to Southern California anyway, but this, if, if you've been listening to this show, then, then you know that we're big believers in education and, getting you the right tools and the right resources so you can really make choices that all of us can then utilize to help end human trafficking, Sandy. And that's going to be a big focus of the conference coming up here in March. And, you know, one of the things we go to conferences, we get a lot of information, we leave. One of the things that we've begun to understand is engagement is our real objective. We don't want to just know something. We want to know how to use it, and how we could use it. So at the end of the second day, we're going to dedicate some serious time to working groups. And you and I are going to have an opportunity to exchange our knowledge, to test our ideas, and to develop some um, strategies and relationships and networking. We want to use the opportunity that we have in cyberspace to network and create a stronger safety net, a stronger network, literally, that like the Truckers Against Trafficking have mm-hmm. done in in higher education, in community nonprofits, in the faith community, working together with law enforcement. Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that, Sandy. I, in fact, I think I'm facilitating one of those sessions. Yes, uh, you afterwards. are. And, I'm really excited to see what comes out of this. And so the conference is going to be here at the Vanguard University campus, and that is in Costa Mesa, California, and we're in the heart of Orange County, and it will be on March 8th and 9th, 
2013. So that's a Friday, Saturday uh, uh, commitment. And so it gives you lots of time still to explore the rest of the weekend and do some fun things as well, too. And Sandy, the best place for folks to go if they want to pre-register for the conference? Just go to gcwj.vanguard.edu. Great. And And click on the conference pull-down menu. Perfect. So that will get you there and you can reserve a spot for the conference. And how much is registration, Sandy, for the conference? I think it's $99 for two days. Try to find a conference for $99 for two days. I mean, that's that's a great deal. Um, And of course, uh, you know, really... All of the conference funding goes into the programming and the center's activities. So uh, it's a great investment of your resources. It's a great investment of your time. And most importantly, it's a great investment in yourself and building your network and building your understanding um, and learning about these challenging issues from so many people. Sandy, every time I go to the conference, I learn so many things. We get so much new perspective every single year. So it's a great resource for doing that. So we really encourage you to hop on there. And if you can at all, if you can be there with us in person, we'd love to have you again, March 8th and 9th, 2013. I think the um, winding this up because we're going to have to have uh, one of the researchers from this report as a guest on our show. Oh, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be great? I have so many questions. Um, Let me just summarize the two key findings from this report of technology and domestic minor sex trafficking. First of all, technology facilitated trafficking is far more diffuse than initially thought, spreads across multiple, multiple online sites and digital platforms. And then secondly, mobile devices and networks are playing an increasingly important role that can potentially transform the trafficking landscape. So we need to take those findings into consideration. If we're policymakers in a school, in a city, in a county, in a state, we need to understand this as law enforcement and our expectations of law enforcement, private sectors, other stakeholders. We all need to understand this because studying the issues will keep us from saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing. Well, and speaking of studying the issue, Sandy, before I uh, close this out here today, I wanted to take a moment to thank the folks who are listeners to the show who have gone online on iTunes to leave us a oh, written yeah. review. There are so many really wonderful reviews here, Sandy. So, um, in fact, I'll, I'll read one here real quick. Um, This is a review from Deb. Uh, Deb says, knowledge alone isn't power. It's powerful when it is partnered with practical advice of empowerment. This podcast brings together experts from many fields to the table who can enhance the discussion of how we, average people, can fight the modern day tragedy of slavery where we live. We can be intentional activists or informed consumers. To whatever degree we decide to engage in the issue, this podcast gives us the insight and tools to make intelligent choices. Thank you, Sandy and Dave, for your Excellent work on this quality product. Uh, blessings, Deb. Deb, thank you so much for that. Uh, and there's so many other wonderful reviews here on iTunes about the show. Sandy, it's just so humbling to read through these. Um, and what's great about it, and the reason I'm reading this is is not just to uh, you know say nice things about us. More importantly, is when folks go on to iTunes, I mean, iTunes has become a portal where people search when they're looking for information and they see reviews like that. 
Um, this is then a podcast that they will download and engage with. And many of you listening have done that and and saw some of the reviews. So if this show has been helpful to you, um, one of the things you could do to help us to raise awareness about the show and to get more people really dialoguing about this important issue is to go on to iTunes and leave us a written review. And so the best way to do that is just go on to iTunes. Do, and when you get to the iTunes store, just search for Ending Human Trafficking and you will find us on there and you can just write a written review and we'd certainly appreciate it. And of course, um, I think I mentioned this on a previous show, Sandy, we're now also on the Stitcher network. So I yeah. want to thank all our friends who are joining us on Stitcher as well too because we are really glad to have you and glad to have you as part of our listening community as well. And that's going to just about do it for our time today, Sandy. I do want to remind folks that if you have comments or questions for us about anything we've talked about in the episode today, the conference, or anything in relation to human trafficking that you'd like to know more about, there's two great ways to engage with us. And the first one would be to contact us at 714-966-6361. That's the number to the Global Center for Women and Justice here at Vanguard University. Or you can reach us by email at gcwj at vanguard.edu. And we look forward to connecting with you uh, either way. And we look forward to talking with you again in two weeks when our next show airs every every other Thursday we're doing, Sandy. So we'll uh, talk to you all in two weeks. Take care. Thank you.